Hi, you're listening to the Founder Fit Podcast and I'm your host Yash. You might have heard about people working in the domain of law. You might have heard about people working in the domain of mental health. Have you heard of someone who works at a unique intersection of these two? Meet Asavri Soni, who is a mental health lawyer and advocate, a member of the Maharashtra and Goa Bar Council. She passed the All India Bar Examination and also has secured her sanat. She went on to do an international diploma in mental health, human rights and law from the Center of Mental Health Law and Policy, ILS, Pune, where she graduated with distinction. Asavri's lived experience of mental illness has made it her mission to help people who are facing such challenges. She is looking to change the narrative around mental health through her work and content. In today's episode, we'll have Asavri talk about her journey, what it means to be a mental health lawyer, mental health and medication, yoga and its benefits. And we'll also be busting a few myths about yoga and mental health. Let's get started. Hi Asavri, welcome to the Founder Fit Podcast. To get us started with, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, so um, my name is Asavri Soni. I am a lawyer who is specializing in the field of mental health laws. And I am also a certified and practicing yoga teacher. And I've been teaching yoga for over three years now. In addition to this, I'm also a huge sports enthusiast and I play a lot of sports, different sports. So yeah, this is, this is about me. That's really interesting. I think the fact that you're a mental health lawyer or specializing in mental health lawyer is something that piqued my curiosity. If you could tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, so uh, basically I deal with cases of providing legal advice to clients who have some kind of mental health condition or who have received a diagnosis of some kind of mental health condition and if their rights are violated under the Mental Health Care Act of 2017 which is applicable in India then I provide legal advice and assistance to them. That's really great and I think much needed considering the amount of stress and mental health challenges that rise every day today. Yes. What are your thoughts about mental health, uh, the stigma around mental health and what do we as a society need to change to make mental health more normalized or accepted in our daily lives? Okay, so well, um, I it might be a very cliched uh, statement, but I really do very, very truly believe that there is no health without including mental health in the entire concept. And uh, even though the conversation around mental health has increased in the last, I would say, five to six years, every day, more and more people are speaking about it. It is still not at a level, at least not in our society, where we can say that mental health has been destigmatized. There are still a lot of issues that people face, whether it is in terms of them coming forward to take help for their own selves or accepting family members or partners who might be struggling with their mental health. So the levels of stigma are still high. I wouldn't say that it has come down drastically or there's been some big change in the last five years. But yes, the positive is that conversation around mental health has increased and not just general mental health, a lot of specialized areas of mental health, the dialogue has opened up, which is a good thing. And um, as a society, I mean, there is a lot that we can do when it comes to collective action. 
but i think uh, something very simple that all of us can start off with is wherever we are staying with our family or wherever we work normalizing conversation surrounding feelings or you know just instead of saying oh you know i had a fever you know it comes so naturally to just say things like that i had a headache you know tell, speaking about i was feeling low yesterday i don't know why i was feeling a little panicky you know so you normalizing that conversation that is for me that is a logical first step like when people are able to speak without thinking about how they are feeling about how their mind feels then we can probably take the conversation further from from that point yeah, i think uh, what you said in terms of like first taking baby steps trying to do it at your own house before trying to make a difference outside is something that's uh, extremely important you've been through some uh, form of mental health and i was able to go through that you've been on medication what right. are the challenges that you personally faced in terms of opening up about medication uh, opening up about mental health mm. um to start off i would say i wanted to go public with my journey in 2018 in march but um, it just came to me one day i said okay you know let me just talk about this and um, i i'm very grateful that i come from a supported very supportive household so my mom went through something similar about 15 16 years back so when i started showing symptoms she kind of knew what was going wrong so she took me to a, a mental health professional at the right time so we have not even though mental health was never discussed at home we never really had a conversation about it it was also not stigmatized so i had a sort of clean slate a neutral platform to begin my journey on the challenges when it came to opening about uh, you know opening up about my journey they were self inflicted because i had not really spoken to anyone outside my immediate family that i'm going through something they knew that i was struggling since 2015 and i was on treatment from 2015 but even though i had a desire to go public in 2018 i just something in my gut was like no i'm not yet ready i don't know how and it felt like a very overwhelming and a very big decision to make that okay i'm going to talk about there's no going back from this once i talk about it it's out there so i gave it a year and i actually came out in public about my mental health journey in 2019 march instead so by that time i was ready to talk about it and i have um, for the most part i would say that i have always received an overwhelmingly positive and very heartwarming uh, response to going public with this journey and so many people who have also resonated with a similar they might have gone through something similar or they just want to talk about shared life experiences but of course you have with that that you know 10% of um uh, very unsolicited uh, commentary that will come sometimes from you know a friend or it can i've received a little you know some comments on on the internet as well so my dms from people who i may not have met or some very old you know school time friend and 
they make very uninformed statements and you have to i think you take it with a pinch of salt it's part of you know opening up about something personal and when it comes to medication as well um i did not have any um problem from i did not face any issue when i went on medication the first time but then on 2018 when that part of my treatment was over and then last year in november when i had to restart my medication again it was a self inflicted barrier i found it very difficult to accept that i have to go back on medication because in my mind it became that i've come back to square one so i have to redo this entire process which was actually not the case and of like two three months down the line i understood that no it's just a little cushioning that is needed at this point of time but uh, and i still am on medication right now but it's it's normalized again like it's not a very big deal for me but yeah for the initial one week 10 days it was difficult to accept that you know i have to go back on medication i have actually not faced um an issue there's no one who's come at least from people who matter who have said that oh you shouldn't take medication but again i have got those stray or comments from they are well meaning people but also some doctors in fact who told me that you know why do you need to be on medication you're a strong girl you can just like i mean it'll pass and stuff like that so you have that set of comments as well yeah i think one i'm like you're super lucky or it's really lucky that you have a family that's been supportive and understanding of that like having a background that so that's really great in terms of medication i do understand it feels like oh my god why are we doing this again like so and it's something that i also personally have faced i had my first round of medication somewhere in 2017 and then mm-hmm. i had to get back on medication since last january i just finished my thing and i'm currently off meds but the second right. time it came up and even today i still have the fear like hey i when the next time when something comes up but also somewhere in the back of my mind i know inevitably it is going to come at some point in time in life mm-hmm. where i will have to be on meds again that doesn't mean that things are completely bad it just means that that point of time you need that extra support extra help. absolutely i agree yeah so uh, it's really great and i'm <coughs> glad that you're able to talk about it publicly obviously when you said the 10% i am just happy that it's just 10% looking at the way social media is today uh, yes. having 10% yes. is really a good thing 90% positive is extremely yeah. important so uh yoga must have been extremely helpful in throughout your journey of uh dealing with this mental health how has yoga played a part or had an impact in your journey of recovery um see well yash i would want to put it out very clearly that i don't advocate for yoga as a treatment option you know as an alternative to therapy or mental health care uh in fact um yoga was incidental i would consider it as a divine intervention it came the way it did because my mother is a yoga teacher i started attending her classes i was fucked you know fond of what i was doing and then i went ahead and got certified in 2018 um but yes that being said 
once i was on treatment when i had other things in place yoga as a form of practice is something that has helped me connect very deeply with myself and um there is a certain there's a sense of stillness and calmness which has which i am able to connect with uh, connect with sometimes it's there even after my practice is over sometimes it ends with the practice finishing but it makes me feel um very centered very grounded so i think this constant practice along with staying connected with my mental health care because i i do think the two are different they complement each other but i couldn't say that one can be used in place of the other it has helped to um bring a lot of balance and moderation in my life so that of course eventually flows into all aspects it isn't restricted to what i'm just doing on the mat there's a certain amount of that energy that i carry with me throughout the day so in that way yoga has benefited my life significantly like i wouldn't be able to you know really put into words how much of a positive impact it, it has had on my life yeah i think that's very interesting and uh, very rightly when you said that yoga does not substitute form of mental health care uh, it does make sense like if i'm dealing with depression uh, or mm-hmm. any other mental health form of condition the professional help that i get is significantly different from what i'm doing yes. to ground myself to be more mindful so i would maybe an analogy would be like when you're having uh, some sort of sort of immunity deficiency in your body the diet mm-hmm. that you take to make sure yeah. your immunity is getting better is somewhat parallel to yoga it is yeah persistent for life but the medication like you cannot replace the medication with the diet so yeah. the therapy or the medication that you yes. take for your mental health is the medication for your immunity and yoga is a Absolutely. support system that enables you to or recover quicker yeah you put it very beautifully i would of course encourage people that once they have taken they have started taking their mental health help once you have that backing and support then yoga is a beautiful thing to get into alongside but thinking that yoga will solve my depression is is something that one should not start off with because that is not the case and i got enough number of living examples around me to prove that 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 doesn't happen it's not a substitute yeah uh, so while you're talking about some of these i mean like problem with or <laughs> benefits or anything you'd like to discuss a little bit more before we get into the myths is there any like long like you spoke about the benefits so if you could just highlight a few more benefits about yoga like from my understanding it helps you be more present while mm-hmm. it's more of a body movement it also helps relax or refresh your mind so if you could give a little bit more insight on those lines it will be really helpful okay so or oh, benefits of yoga where where to start um the one thing is like like i said if you are into other kinds of activities as well to help keep your muscles your joints lubricated and open it is it's a good idea to have yoga as a complementary practice to whatever you might be following alongside there is so much of breathing related work involved in yoga and i think in the last 2 years 
what is of prime importance is keeping our lungs working in their optimum capacity so if you can take to pranayam and breathing exercises it's great and yoga or it has minor movements and major yoga asanas and practices for every part of your body so as a practitioner i know that okay if my eyes are feeling too strained on a particular day there are minor movements i can do for my eye muscles if i have had a particularly exerting badminton session i know what i can do for my spine to relieve that stress so at the physical level i would say these are some of the numerous benefits that yoga has to offer when it comes to the emotional mental or spiritual benefits that yoga has to offer i think something that i have learned through my practice it's not something that came naturally to me and of course every day it's something that i i learn and reinforce you are not in comparison with anyone so when you are on your mat you are doing what works best for your body and you are going with your body you are not going against it or pushing your body to do something that you know you just can't do it doesn't matter how many people are part of the class or how many people are present around you you are focused on your practice so i think that heightened level of self awareness acceptance of your body the way that it is you know these i find these to be very spiritual values and they get reinforced every day that i'm on the mat you know you're not comparing yourself with somebody else's practice every body is different learning to appreciate that so these are these are some of the the many benefits that uh, yoga has to offer yeah i think uh, i mean I, if i'm let going to let you speak i think you'll speak for another half an hour or 45 minutes about the benefits <laughs> oh, yeah, of yoga yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think we'll leave that for a little bit later and going on to some of the myths about yoga so hmm. there's a lot of misconception lot of change in ideas about myths about yoga even in terms of mental health and uh, mm-hmm. maybe we could have some discussion and you can demystify or demyth i'm not sure what the exact word is but so one of the first one is people often tend to think that yoga is for young people mm. okay so, so yeah so i i think i i might even have put out a, i did put out a post about this i think a month and a half back or so that I genuinely believe yoga is for every every person. Any body type, it doesn't matter your age, it doesn't matter your body structure. Um the beauty in yoga is that it can be modified. There are hundreds of variations that one can adopt to make the practice easier or tougher for you know, for the person who's doing the practice. that being said i always encourage that the earlier you get into yoga the better it is because then the, the journey and association you have with this practice increases so much more it's a nice idea for younger generations of people of younger ages to get into it but that being said it's not just for younger people it's for just it's for anyone anyone can practice yoga yeah uh So I think that definitely makes sense. Uh, I think you also address the body type. So I'm seeing 
the next myth that i had on list was you need to be flexible for yoga no i i you don't need to be flexible some some people are inherently flexible they may not even have to work very hard for it but people like me uh, who have gotten into yoga to be more flexible at the level of the mind and body so i would say that this latter equation is more important and you don't need to have any prerequisite physically to say ki you know now i can do yoga so i think yoga helps you the other way yeah that makes a lot of sense uh, the next one on my on my list is yoga as a substitute for physical exercise hmm as a substitute now okay i i cannot even, i and i don't even think this is a biased answer because i'm into both forms of movement um there are different benefits to doing you know probably weight training or strength training um but there is so much in yoga because we are doing a lot of body weight based work in yoga that you can hit all most of your target areas whether in terms of strength endurance flexibility that you would do probably in other movement forms as well uh every person is different like there are days when i would want to do only 20 minutes of practice on my mat but i'd like to go for a run as well so yoga can be tweaked to make it easy difficult challenging for the person but i think every person should have the discretion to choose what works for them uh if someone feels that yoga just doesn't do it for them they want to be in something much more dynamic it's perfectly fine they have different uh, benefits but both can't do the function for each other i think it's the same way as therapy and yoga i think it's the same way for uh, physical other physical forms and yoga practice as well yeah i think for i'm somebody who's on the bad boat like when it comes to I think gym or something that I have to do by myself. Uh-huh. Uh, I find it very difficult. But when I have to, somebody calls me out on a game like badminton, football, cricket, yeah. whatever, anything, uh, I can play endlessly. Like you ask me to play three yeah. hours, four hours, my body won't say no. But when I have to sit for oh. a like session in the gym or yoga, after a point, I'm like, I get yeah. very distracted, or I'm like, I'm just by myself. I can't do it. So mm. I think it makes sense in terms of what. makes you feel more comfortable while yeah definitely also being aware of what benefits you're getting from each of those yeah. activity yeah correct absolutely yeah. the next myth is yoga can be learned by a book or surfing the internet mm-hmm. so i strongly discourage um uh, uh, you know going in for options where you are trying to learn yoga especially if you especially if you are at the beginner or intermediate level of your practice um the benefit i mean nothing can come close to having someone observe you when you are doing your practice thankfully because of this whole you know the advent of the online classes and everything we know that you can try so many different classes there are so many instructors you can see who works for you but there is no comparison to having a live 
being part of a live session where every single movement of yours can be monitored if you're going wrong somewhere it can be corrected after having done my certification after so you know 3 plus years of teaching people i like to be a part of my mom's classes because you know i like to be given that instruction if there is something little going off my mom will correct me so that that is again a lifelong process so especially if you're trying to learn yoga it is always a good idea to go to a teacher learn in a group setting in a live group setting not that something is recorded and put out for you to do on your own you're part of something that is happening in real time you can i mean uh, very obviously if someone if it's a matter of interest you can read up a little uh, through books or you know from the internet but again the information that is available on yoga today is overwhelming there is so much of information so you need to be very sure about what is authentic uh, the kind of source that you are taking information from whether it suits your body type or not so it, it i would always encourage people to do their practice in real time rather than taking to books or the you know surfing the internet uh yeah i definitely get why what do you think are some of the challenges of or like what can be some of the issues while somebody is doing it through a book like is it possibly to pull a muscle strain a muscle get into a wrong practice that definitely and uh, see if you are unaware one the one of the most important things is if you have a doubt it may or may not be cleared by reading some because you may find an answer also in what you're reading but it is possible that you don't really know uh, whether this question and everyone's doubts are valid but whether i'm going to find an answer to you know what is acceptable for me or not through a book and i think opening a google search is like opening one you know pandora's box then you're just sitting because then there are thousands of links and you don't really know ki now what do i you know inculcate into my practice um of course uh, getting hurt physical aches and pains because you may have done a, a posture incorrectly i mean to the best of your ability like even i can try to read a book and try to follow and there are a lot of books which give step by step instructions actually but you know reading trying to do your practice it just it doesn't make sense to me as a concept it needs to be something that goes along with the flow where you're not having to break your practice keep looking into the book seeing instructions so i mean the whole idea behind yoga is to make the process as smooth as possible if you have these constant interruptions you have to keep looking at instructions it you know it's kind of counterproductive to the practice in itself so yeah i i but uh, as a teacher if you ask me i think the most uh, the, the biggest warning i would give anyone is that you could land up with you know getting hurt or maybe doing some breathing techniques or practices which if you have a physical health condition you should not be doing but you may not know that if the contraindications are not mentioned so those are the you know major dangers when it comes to doing pre-recorded or you know going follow following written material so yeah. yeah i think that's like fair enough people need to be aware and mindful about hey what we are doing how are we doing it 
Yes. Uh, yeah, moving on. So from yoga to mental health, like some of the myths mm-hmm. regarding mental health. Uh, mm-hmm. The first one I think is a pretty easy one. Friends and family can be our therapists. <laughs> and I think you would you would agree with me on this. Uh, even though I have uh, again very grateful that I have a supportive uh, family, I would not. Uh, they are not my therapists and i would not want to treat them in that capacity either because as you very rightly said you know at the beginning of our chat ki there are some things that we want to discuss in a safe environment you know which is very objective and neutral and uh, all said and done people who know you that there will always be some kind of bias in the mix if you're trying to speak about something so i do think that um, and friends and family can provide a very different nature of support their caregivers they can provide emergency emotional support if you know something happens at a very unearthly hour or you don't know what you have to do but if you if one is looking at long term therapy or a proper plan for mental health care then family and friends and partners should be kept as as just your support at the home front they needn't be brought into your your therapy into your space at all and also i even though again it is very well meaning so many of us are not trained professionals so if you uh, i did a course on providing informal psychosocial care and i did make an effort and a few friends and people have come forward to take help but after about a year year and a half of having you know these sessions on and off i realized that i am not equipped to handle you know the the nature of uh, cases that were coming so of course if somebody is having a panic attack or if you know there is a emergency need i will try to the best of my ability to help but keep the two separate is what i would recommend yeah i think i totally agree with you on this uh, friends and family more often than not uh, have our safety in mind rather than our best interests so even if we have to do something that's difficult which mm. will help us in the long term they often ask us to do something that's more safer because they mm. are more concerned about our safety but when we are going in for therapy they don't have any bias anything they encourage or push us to make the right decision that will have mm. a much more beneficial impact in the long term than in the short term absolutely and like you very much said like the bias uh, also mm. the amount of baggage and a lot of times uh, your friends and family can also have some part and uh, in your mental health condition So I having... was just about to get to that, yeah. So you know, sometimes you want to discuss them, and you can't. You know, you can't have a very objective discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. it's very difficult to have that because the minute you try and say like, "Hey, I have a problem with this thing," people more often than not again tend to get defensive. Even if you are coming with a mindset that hey, we just want to discuss and address it, yeah. but not really attack you. So yeah, I think you very rightly said that they can't be therapists. Uh, the next one is mental health problems are permanent. Oh, um, yeah. I I don't 
I don't really know if mental health conditions are. I mean, it would. It's a very subjective answer. I would say it would depend on the degree of you know the the kind the severity of the issue that someone is going through, and uh, what kind of help have they got you know till that point in their treatment. Um. like again something that i resonate with what you said in the beginning is that you know somewhere in the back of my mind even i know that there is going to be an ebb and flow to these issues they'll come up they'll go whether it's medication or whether it's the symptoms of my depression or anxiety um i would rather focus on managing uh, my responses to my environment and then seeing if that makes a long term difference to the level of my depression and anxiety rather than focusing on i want to eliminate my depression altogether chale jaye bas matlab because i had that outlook in the beginning and i realized ki it's not sustainable because then i started giving myself a hard time for why am i not getting better so i think um, also i uh, you know yash i feel the kind of professional that you are speaking to has a big part to play in how we feel about our mental health condition so i have had and i and i've met various professionals in the last 7 years i have met professionals who have made me feel much worse about my condition saying that you know this is going to be lifelong now when someone is coming to you in crisis and you're telling them so the first association is the way i'm feeling is going to remain like that you know rather than the depression ka degree will go up and down over the span of years yeah so i definitely agree with you on that uh, i would say that your yeah, mental health problems are not permanent it is also again an analogy i would be like it's more or less like diabetes or some lifelong health condition that you have wherein there will be phases where your diabetes is severe you need yeah. additional medication additional care but for mm-hmm. large part of your life if you are mindful about the activities that you're taking in the lifestyle yes. choices that you're making it will be very much in control so right. and uh, the i think the whole thing is more about a journey than mm-hmm. a destination so you cannot be like no i'm going to be reaching this place and then it's over yeah. it's always going to be from this place what is the next place that i need to Correct. go to Correct, so, correct. Because you know, every phase of our life and different as we grow older, we mature. These big, big life changes have their own stresses and everything involved. You know, with each phase of life, and this is what you just mentioned is the misconception that I was living with when I was in 2018. Because the day the doctor told me your medication is through. I was like, I'm over this. There's no depression. There's no anxiety. I'm like. you know now i am cured but i would i would still like to believe that again i mean how how do i one day classify that i don't have a mental health condition anymore i i don't know what that would really look like but it's something that has kind of become a companion it's there sometimes it's you know peaking sometimes it's just lulling in the background so it's kind of you know acceptance and as you mentioned learning to manage what are your triggers what are things that make you feel good and lifestyle choices are very very important they play a critical role in um, you know how this 
uh, condition will play out eventually yeah. yeah so the next one that we have up for discussion is i cannot help a person or i cannot do anything for a person that has a mental health problem and when mm-hmm. i refer to i as in general we cannot help a person that has a mental health problem they just need professional help or something like that hmm so um in this regards i think there are a few things that i mean automatically that come to my mind is first if uh, um if i am someone who knows that you know a friend or a family member is struggling the first step would be to speak to them about how they are feeling and normalize the idea for them to take help because professional help is always something that i would encourage rather than trying to take on everything in the beginning on our own it's always a nice idea to direct them so making professional help sound uh, like a good option something that people should definitely try if they are struggling that would be step number 1 secondly is giving them unconditional support and you know lot of compassion and understanding because when someone's mental health journey is beginning it's like you know you're in the eye of the storm and from person to person that period is very different for some people it's 6 months for someone it can be a year where they don't feel at ease from within so during the period till the time that they feel emotionally comfortable um it is important to be compassionate it's some it's important to be understanding be respectful of their space their boundaries their psychosocial capabilities how they can help people who are in need and um, i mean other than that you know being there for someone that is one of the most ultimate uh, support that you can give to someone who might be struggling around you and understanding you know not to treat that person like a victim that is also very important you know you're a patient you know to just say that no they're not a patient you know they're people and they everyone has the right to live very very wholesome and um, fulfilling lives and to not forget that the person is a person first and you know the treatment is an aspect of their life so not to dehumanize somebody and reduce them to being a this is a person who's uh, you know right now they are in rehabilitation or right now they are undergoing treatment the terminologies that you use at home with your friends all of these need to be sensitive and respectful so yeah i i would say that these are some some of the things that come to mind yeah i think i definitely agree having a dialogue i feel is one of the most powerful uh tools or things that we can do and especially like if you have somebody who's been through it and have mm-hmm. been able to deal with it just having an open dialogue like yeah, i had this experience and i went to therapy or i got help or this thing that as a first level itself removes most of the stigma makes them more open to getting help so i think that is very important being unconditionally Absolutely. supportive being present uh, a lot of the things that you said are very essential and different ways in which we can help somebody within our circle or around us who is dealing yeah. with some form of mental health problem absolutely uh, another thing that i would want to ask is successful people don't have mental health problems oh 
no yaar so now to like you know this actually that's true you know because so many people have this this question that if everything is swinging in life everything is going well what is the problem and we've heard it from someone within our extended family only when they you know when uh, my mom opened up about her journey to them or when i you know wanted to say that okay you know there's a little something going on right now but problem kya hai matlab if everything is okay there is no you know uh, dire need of anything you have everything available to you then what is the problem now how do you even begin to you know comprehend a question like that and explain ki it is not to do with need then wants and material things and we have celebrities who have come forward so if if you if someone is considering just pure su- purely success as a metric to determine whether someone will have a mental health condition then again rich people famous people people who are at the top of their fields whatever they might be doing should not be facing any kind of issue but if anything it it helps us to realize that psychosocial issues are psychosocial issues they are not they're not based on just one uh, determinant that okay yeah, now i've achieved this x amount in my bank account it's over i i can just chill there's no problem at all we are we are dealing with so many different dynamics and equations every day within with our own self with our environment also everything plays a part in how we feel at the end of the day yeah i, I think i have like two interesting things one somebody who's successful today has not always been successful and we don't know what they've been through to get to where they are today so they might have yeah. had some traumatic events some mm-hmm. really life difficult events that might relapse that might get triggered even when they are successful like so it's basically about you don't know the whole story till you know the person and the second thing is i'm not sure like a lot of people would have watched suits uh, as a tv series i don't know how many of us see with the great show yeah so in yeah. the series uh, it's again about lawyers and so the lawyer is the most successful lawyer in the country and yet he needs and if he is having panic attacks then yeah i mean you need to think about what you know yeah so it's very beautifully yeah. put that no matter how successful yeah. you are you might need help with different aspects of life like he had trouble with his family he had trouble with his love life and uh, these are things that can cause you to have some form of depression some form of anxiety that yeah, i might have money i might have it but this is something that is bothering me and mm-hmm. i am a very strong believer of if something is bothering you it is bothering you you cannot define that hey, it's too small to be bothering you it is too big to be bothering you and i think the mindset that needs to change for that aspect is when we are kids like when we are small mm-hmm. a lot of times people tell like hey is your friends are doing well in this exam why are you worried or when they come and be like i'm not understanding this thing you're like mm-hmm. you'll figure it out or this so mm-hmm. we are not encouraging them to ask questions or get help when they need it and that mm-hmm. is kind of a mindset that gets formed that hey why should i bother people or like it's exactly. so that's the kind of thing uh, absolutely talking, absolutely talking i really, about, you know yeah i'm so sorry this uh, 
statement also that and i think again see it is made very often and i think now people should understand the impact that it can have on someone so if i come and tell you that you know yash i'm feeling really scared for xyz reason and you say that but this person has it worse so you know you're trivializing a person's current issue and what they might be i very i agree with you completely because what is bothering me right now is bothersome for me in the in the circle of my life i am not right now even concerned about how my brother is my parents are it is upsetting me so you know trying to um, compare traumas or say that this person has it worse or you know or you you know you could be better off or this could have happened instead it doesn't it doesn't serve any purpose you know it doesn't really help yeah i think if at all it just makes things more worse it uh-huh. even puts pushes the person away and that person is less mm-hmm. likely to reach out for help when he needs it so correct yeah uh, and like you're talking about kids like right? like where uh, kids are stopped from asking questions or they're like mm-hmm. constant comparisons that hey other people are able to do it why aren't you able to do it mm-hmm. not really taking into account that hey they might genuinely be having a difficult in understanding So the next myth that I have is children don't experience mental health problems. Oh they do. They do and uh it's about being perceptive and alert to the younger generation or the younger population that is around you. They could be your uh friends children, they could be your relatives or it doesn't really matter. They could be people that we are teaching. It is very very important to be uh to have a high develop a high intuition to understand what that a child might be struggling now there are certain conditions where um, the symptoms can be very obvious and they will be very uh, out there for you to kind of know ki okay maybe now is a good time to take uh, the child and see a professional but sometimes uh, you will you may not know and i think um, if we can break this barrier you know start talking to children at an early age talk to them about how they are feeling make them okay with the idea of talking about mental health from a young age your things come out people you know children start talking about things get them to put end to paper write about whatever they are feeling draw pictures any way to make the communication channels more open because in so many cases even if a child is struggling the child may not even be able to identify the issue or put it into words that clearly for us to understand so uh, for for symptoms that are very obvious of course we know what may be the next course of action but in so many cases where we don't even know that someone is silently struggling we don't even know in adults actually sometimes that somebody is struggling everything is so masked and you know we we would never know so the same way children sometimes even if they want to they can't or they don't even know that something is wrong so opening channels of communication is very very important very crucial from a young age yeah i think i completely agree with you one children can't express or don't really know what they're going through so it becomes significantly difficult 
also yeah. another problem that might be here is the stigma that the parents might have and they might be in a state or stage of denial that no my kid cannot be like this it's just a normal thing if i buy him something if i get him ice cream he'll be fine and that also will only change when we are being more open we are being more understanding of these conditions so yeah i think it's as a myth children do experience mental health problems it's up to us on how do we identify how do we enable yeah. them to express that uh, and yeah. it can be for very small reasons right like even if they Absolutely. just failed one exam the amount of competitiveness the amount of pressure and they might just go into shell they don't they don't feel comfortable talking to their right. friends because they are embarrassed right. and if yeah. we are involved and aware that hey this is happening we might be able to actually help them absolutely. recover and save them from long term impacts of yes, having the absolutely issues. yeah because yeah, the long term impact of childhood traumas is uh, is what scares us right that nothing that happens or something that children go through at that age should not lead to having a lifelong impact on and that then affects various compartments in their life it's not going to be just a one dimensional thing it can affect any aspect of their life and this is why um psychoeducation for every stakeholder whether it's parents teachers doctors and not not just mental health professionals the doctors that your children are seeing even otherwise you know uh, if, if as parents if you are psychoeducated or in that process making other parents in the group aware Thank and you. informed so yeah every every stakeholder when it comes to a child's you know growing stages and ages everyone should be psychoeducated they should be informed yeah i think i definitely agree with that and the last myth that we have for the day is antidepressants or other mental health medication are addictive or <laughs> make one dependent on them uh i wouldn't um now when people are beginning their journey with mental health medication i think um, having a very very um exhaustive comprehensive chat with your doctor is important because um, in all these years what i have realized is the same medication by different companies has a very different impact on me some suit me some seem a little too potent so then i don't know i'm like oh my god like why is this reacting this way so awareness about how you are feeling after taking a medication is important and uh, you sh- everyone should i mean it's your right have a dialogue with your doctor about what you're comfortable with and what you're not if you have questions about your medication um trust the professional that you are going to unless you have very strong reasons for saying that no this i just do not want to listen to what this doctor is saying but that is also your right um anything for that matter can be can become addictive it can cause a a substance use um problem but um if you again if we are going to good professionals we are um well informed about our decisions our rights 
we can work out a plan where we know that the kind of medication that we are taking is not going to be addictive or and, and of course all of us have time to keep checking in with ourselves like if a very high dosage of the medication that the doctor gave you is not suiting you if you're feeling that in a few days please go back to your doctor and talk to them tell them that you're feeling the way that you're feeling um and you can work something else out there are a lot of options and alternatives and being in touch with yourself knowing that a dependency situation is getting created again there is time to check in you can always speak to your doctor keep self assessing and um, not by you know going on the internet and trying to like uh, self diagnose don't do that but you know just okay how am i feeling today after taking the medication am i able to sleep well is it interfering with my activities all those you know little uh, self checks that you can do for yourself and it can be worked out and it is um, the kind of medication the dosage the duration all of these play an important role please speak to your professional that is what i would encourage people and um, keep self assessing and let that let this myth not be a reason to not take medication, medication if it is required yeah yeah i think i completely agree with you i think one having that dialogue with your therapist your doctor saying that in case you have had any history of a uh, previous addiction or substance abuse and making them aware of that will mm. keep them very much aware that hey there is a chance he might be dependent or he might get addicted and they would Absolutely. accordingly give you the dosage the course uh, from personal experience i was prescribed medicine from a different company it didn't work i was just being lethargic and sleepy i went mm. back to the doctor they gave me a different company more or less the same composition but a different company yeah. tablet yeah. and it worked significantly better so yes. i think i completely relate to that that hey it might yes. just be like it's a different medication it, but yeah, yeah it's just that salt component you know from company to company that can make all the difference to how you're feeling yeah and absolutely uh, i think for me personally one of the things is i've been want like whether it's mental health or not i'm somebody who wants to get done with medication as early mm-hmm. as possible while not mm-hmm. really causing myself harm so i don't right. think it's an issue of me ever being addicted to it so i think it's more about mm. the personality or whether i have a tendency to get addicted to a substance abuse that would mostly define whether i'd get addicted rather than like for uh-huh. my instance i want to very uh-huh. as early as possible we get mm. with my medication in fact in my mm. case my therapist and my doctor are like no we'll still have to slowly phase you out or keep you on medication because we want it to work for the longer run right so it's mm. more about the person than just that okay antidepressants are addictive or yeah, like it depends on the person uh, absolutely that's a good point that you know what is what is a person's personality i mean what is the tendency and also like i i also believe that taking medication is probably 40% or 30% of work done so your symptoms are gone so you think the problems are gone so i feel that if you're not going to work on the on the other issues which are in the environment or whatever you're struggling with you can you can stay on medication i mean you're never going to really figure out whether you can do without it or not where you feel it is needed for you as a buffer i still have situations in life where 
you know i i am on an antidepressant every day but there are situations which arise where my anxiety goes a little out of control so i know that at that time i have to take my anti anxiety and i know within half an hour i will start to feel better but again it is for myself also i would say a lot of trial and understanding okay where does it where do i want to stop because i also feel that it is again like speaking only from my perspective and anti anxiety gives me good sleep it's so easy for me to just take one out from my wallet and just take it every night to go to sleep and and i wouldn't lie if i say the thought hasn't crossed my mind of i'm human it has crossed my mind that it's so easy like i'm feeling i haven't worked out today i'm not feeling tired but i need to sleep because i have to get up early should i just take it but then it's again having a conversation at that very time maybe with somebody who cares and say okay, okay you know i'm having this thought process and then kind of helping you work through it it's a momentary thing it will pass and maybe addressing it later in therapy so because all of us are built so differently and wired so differently some people might need to be on the support of medication lifelong which is not bad which is which is not wrong but of course like the words that you used in the sentence we're talking about substance use dependency those have a very different connotation rather than needing the support of medication for a very different purpose so yeah that is again something speak to the professional carry out self check ins it it will prove useful yeah i think i definitely agree even when you said that people might have to be lifelong on medication i think there are other health conditions as well for which inevitably you are on lifelong yeah. medication and i spoke yeah. about di- diabetes earlier yes and yes. you are on medication for diabetes lifelong there is almost yeah. like no cure unless so again it's about the other aspect as well right like if i make enough lifestyle changes my medication might be less or might have a break Correct. and it even similar to mental health where yes. the medicine gives you the buffer where you don't have to deal with the chemical composition or other yeah. things and work on the right. actual underlying issues absolutely you said yeah you you made a statement that my mom and i say about 50 times every month when we are sitting at the table like you know this is the cushioning this is your uh this is your first aid now you have this now you work on the other parts you know so that you're not mentally bogged or emotionally bogged with the because even working on yourself and getting through mental health related uh, issues is a draining process so if you have some if you have a buffer and it's needed it's good it's there so you can work through you know the other things absolutely so as long as as long as you're working on those things i don't think the dependency or addiction would be an issue because you are working on the underlying issue and yeah. during the course where you have that buffer you are able to work through it so yeah i think that's the last of our myths for the day and it's oh. been really fun and lovely talking to you a lot of insights absolute lot of pleasure speaking with you yash absolute pleasure and thank you for being a part of this thank you for having me thank you so much so i think that is recording Thank you.